Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to your claim lawyers. A no-win, no-fee, personal injury. Injury Claims Law Firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au In the Huddle was created to give student-athletes, parents and coaches an inside look at the journey through US college sport and all that comes with it. The demands, the experiences, the excitement and the opportunities available to our student-athletes from around the world. Study and Play USA facilitates a comprehensive, customised approach for student-athletes and families for their whole journey, from their high school preparation years right through to US college graduation. Okay, welcome to this edition of In The Huddle. Uh, today's guest plays for the Collingwood Football Club in the Australian Football League. Uh, I guess unlike many young Aussies growing up dreaming of playing at the MCG, Mason Cox took an extremely different route. That's because he is no ordinary Australian footballer. Mason Hales from Texas in the US was in fact a soccer player, I believe, uh, and basketball player long before we'd even heard of Australian rules football. Um, I guess what's pretty cool is that we also share a couple of things in common, one being that we both attended the great Oklahoma State University, and there's something else we've got in common too, Mason, that we'll touch on later. But um, Mason talks to us about that journey from Texas to Australia and all of his adventures in between. Welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, very exciting. Very exciting to see a fellow alum. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a little trip down memory lane, mate. And um, and also just, I mean, it's pretty cool, I think, just to have you on to talk about what I think is pretty, pretty awesome, you know, sporting story yours is. So, um, and mate, like I've got to say, it's been a little while since um, I caught up with you down in Melbourne a couple of years ago now, but your accent seems to have turned a corner. Like I reckon you're maybe 55% Aussie, 45 Tex. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm actually um, just applied for citizenship for Australian citizenship to get dual citizen. So um, I'll almost be 50-50. It'll probably actually work out all right whenever it comes to that. So yeah, it's it's definitely the twang's definitely changed over the six years I've been here now. Um, yeah. Texas accent to a bit of an Aussie twang, but hopefully I think they're a bit similar somewhat, but a few um, little words here and there get mixed in. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, mate, you, you, it's it sounds sounds almost Irish. It's like this interesting mix, but it's uh, I won't say it's Irish, but it, it's it's uh, it's different than what it was last time. So, um, mate, um, off season, what have you been up to? Obviously, you're still in the off season or getting ready for for 2021. What's been going on, mate? Or you get, get a chance to get away? Yeah, I, I did. So we uh, we're hubbed up in the Sunshine Coast for about four or five months during the season to get it off, and then. Once we finished up with that, I essentially got a car and drove um, as far north as north goes in Australia and drove all the way up to the tip and was doing kind of indigenous community stuff, uh, lots of clinics, kind of speaking gigs and stuff for them. And uh, just kind of give my time back to the community uh, with a friend of mine named Jeeva Mentor who does the netball side of things. So went all the way up to Thursday Island and then um, we flew over to Darwin, did a few things with a, a friend's um, footy club over there. And then uh, I just got back to Melbourne probably five or six days ago and um yeah just got back into training today was the first day back with the young kids so the young fellas come a bit earlier than the older guys and um i'll just come back a bit earlier start training with them see where i'm at so 
yeah, back into the uh, to the grind, as they say. But now it's good to be back in Melbourne and see it just opening up. I think is the biggest thing. You see, kind of people here a bit scarred from the whole kind of COVID lockdown. Um, and fair, like I mean, it was yeah. um, so. Um, I was fortunate enough, I guess, to make the best of a situation in Queensland to be able to miss the whole thing. I think I left the day before uh, borders shut and I came back uh, two days after the borders opened. Wow. So I essentially missed this whole period of lockdown here in Melbourne and um, I pretty much lucked out to be able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. And, and yeah, and thoroughly deserved, I guess, uh, after a pretty tough season. Hub life, I'd imagine, was a bit... Uh, pretty unique something that you're not looking forward hopefully that's uh, not going to be happening in a few months time huh? yeah that's the hope um, being away from friends and family and your probably support group outside of football was um was different and i think like if you can imagine going to work and essentially being living with all the people you work with for four months for 24 hours a day seven days a week um you probably get a little bit like all right it's time to get my own space <laughs> so, yeah i think we all get along very well but i think after that whole experience everyone was ready to kind of sleep in their own bed and down um, get back to home and kind of just have a bit of normalcy back to their life yeah mate i don't know and when you said before back training with the young guys you do put yourself in that category mate or are you one of the senior players now in <laughs> um, i'm one of the senior players um I haven't got cut yet, so there's been times that have been close. But um, yeah, no, so I'm on no. years. Um, so the first of four years come back uh, about two, three weeks before the five plus years. So um, I've just started okay. to come back to Melbourne anyway and just start training. So um, just to get back in shape and uh, kicking footy around. So hadn't had much opportunity to do that while I was traveling around Australia. So yeah. um, kind of get back and kind of get back into a bit of a routine, I think, here at the club where things have somewhat opened up. Yeah, you got to try and work off that um, the turtle and crayfish and dugong you've been eating up there, huh? Yeah, it was uh, well, we had Thanksgiving last weekend, so uh, that was a big one. So I think I've um, I've got a few kilos to probably burn off from that. <laughs> work, work off Turkey Day, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, mate. And, um, so, mate, how many years have you been in Melbourne now? Is it like six or seven? Uh, so I'm on my seventh year coming up. So I've been here for six years. I landed uh, August 23rd, 2014, and then I've been here six years since. So just over six years at the moment. Um, and yeah, I've, I've essentially just been a huge chunk of that. And I'll go home obviously maybe a month, two months of the year. So we're fortunate enough to have a bit of time off at the end of the year to go travel and see family and stuff. And that's kind of whenever I go back to the States. And a lot of times I go back to Oklahoma State and catch up with some old friends at university. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's um, it's been a pretty cool experience to be able to be here for six years, still have a you know legitimate job while I've been here and being able to be financially stable while you're half away from home, half the world away from home. Yeah, oh, mate, it's been great. It's been great to watch. Um, obviously, a little bit more of a vested interest for me, you know, as, as you say, being an alum of the great Oklahoma State, and we'll touch on that in a second. But no, it's been good to see you developing, mate. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's inspirational actually, because it's like, you know, I've grown up with this sport, never never played it at, at your level, but um, to come here and, you know, to fit into that game pretty seamlessly, obviously I'm sure it's, it wasn't easy at the start, but, um, and you're still learning, I'm sure, really, but it's, um, yeah, it's been great to watch your your, uh, your progress, mate. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been a, a unique experience to go from never hearing of a sport and playing on its biggest stage. It's um, It's been a big journey, to say the least, and uh, hopefully there's a lot more to play out. Mate, and, and um, in, other than footy, what are the other big changes you reckon you've adopted in Australia? You know, like you know, like food, or you, are you a meat pie eater, mate? Or what's... not yet? Uh, people try to get me into the meat pies. If it's like a you know, like you're traveling around and maybe like a country, you know, 
you know, like bakery or something like meat pie, but not at the footy. Um, yeah, not not a fan of those yet. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things like anywhere is um, I moved here not knowing anyone and not having any kind of friendship group here. And I think once I kind of found the people I connected with the most, um, that kind of really put me in good stead going forward as far as, you know, feeling like I was pretty comfortable in this country being so far away from home. So I've got a group of friends, maybe five to six of them that are really, really close. And a few of them are actually American. So we'll kind of celebrate those holidays, whether it be 4th of July or like Thanksgiving last weekend. Uh, we'll probably do Christmas together this year because they're away from their family also. So I think being able to kind of get that group around you that you experience things with, you go out to, let's say the tennis, or you go out to, you know, the footy or the rugby or whatever it is. Um, and you have those people you kind of rely on where, like it's tough to build those relationships. Um, and now that I kind of have that, I feel a lot more settled and yeah, just really enjoy kind of being around them and kind of have my people, I guess, here. So I think that was probably one of the hardest things coming over here to try to get my head wrapped around. Then once I had that, I felt, you know, like I fit in here. No, that's good, mate. We, we're lucky enough. Um, we've got a an awesome staff member, American Girl, and uh, we have Thanksgiving with her every year, and it's it's really important to her. But it's become my favourite holiday, not not just because of the food, but it's actually pretty cool. Like you know, we usually have twenty or thirty people sitting around a table actually talking about what they're thankful for, which is you know like it's pretty awkward for people because it's not you don't really often do that sort of thing. So, I, but I like it. I think it's I mean it's a good exercise, right? Plenty of tears and. Um, all that sort of stuff but yeah it's a it's a good concept the whole thanksgiving so it's good you got some mates to share that with yeah it's um i think this year especially with everything that's happened was it was a very emotional thanksgiving like there's probably 10 of us but i think everyone probably shed a tear at the table and it's good to kind of retrospectively look at your year and say you know what's what's happened and what you're fortunate for and what's you know been tough but people have helped you through and um just kind of give acknowledgement to those moments in that year um, and just kind of sit down and give the time to actually put into it and think about it um, rather than just moving on. So, yeah, I think this year, obviously, given the situation in the world at the moment, um, Thanksgiving was probably a pretty important holiday for a lot of people and hopefully people were able to spend it with their family back in the U.S. or here in Australia. But, yeah, I don't know. You just hope, hope for the best, I guess, with the situation that is. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, couldn't agree more. Um, Mate, I'm going to change direction a little bit. I think it's very important if we're going to talk about the Mason Cox story, we've got to talk about um, what happened before you arrived in Australia. So, Matt, I'm going to do something pretty weird. <laughs> um, I'm going to play you a little soundbite here, and I want you to listen to it just for a little bit and tell me, I mean, you might want to tell the listeners and viewers what this song is, um, but um, I guess tell me, tell me what it means to you as well. So we'll play it now. theme song of Oklahoma State. Um, That's it. Yeah, a lot of – that reminds me of football, to be honest, and then obviously the basketball side of things. I think sports probably the thing that that comes up the most in. Um, people are passionate about sports in the U.S., as we all know. So I think, um, yeah, if you probably maybe one too many drinks, that probably reminds me of a bit in college. But, um, yeah, just belting that out, like, after a big game. I remember there's one football game I'll never forget about. We actually won the Big 12, and I think we beat OU on the day, and we all stormed the, stormed the field. And yeah, uh, I was belting that song out. It was just absolutely insane. You get that, you start to get that kind of like connection of like, it's not just school. I don't know how to really explain this, but 
like in Australia, it's very different. Like you go to school, you pay the bill, like you pay the bill and that's it. You know, like there's not really an affiliation with that. You might have friends and stuff still from there, but that's really the only thing that keeps you tied to the school. Yeah. US, like you're forever tied to that school. So like something like that comes on and you're sitting there wanting to do like the wave that Oklahoma State does or um, jingle the keys before like the kickoff. There's so many little things I think that make a university itself and unique within itself. And um, that it always kind of keeps you tied back to it. And um, yeah, like that, like that song, it brings back so many memories from before I even played basketball and I was going to basketball games, I was in the crowd to winning basketball games and getting a storm, like uh, the court storm and yeah. football and everything else. And the sport, it's kind of weird that some people actually choose a university based on the sports there and whether or not they're um, part of like that kind of culture of it. And yeah. that's what binds people together. I think like to have something that you look forward to, everyone looks forward to, it's an event on the weekend that everyone goes to um, and people come back as alumni. And I think it's just something that really kind of binds people is like, from our perspective, Oklahoma State, you know, Cowboys, like, for life you always see someone in oklahoma state jumper and you're like oh mate like, what, what are you doing like how like, i'll see someone in oklahoma state shirt in australia and i'm like freak out i'm like what are you doing like tell me like what is it but how'd you end up here you know exactly yep it's it's a- something that you always just kind of have a bit of a um uh, personal soft spot for i guess whenever you kind of go throughout it's not just the education it's also the experience and the people you meet throughout that that time frame at that school Without a doubt, mate. I think um, I hear that song, and I'm the same. I get I get a little shiver every time, and um, just takes me straight back to Gallagher Ibera Arena, and um, yeah, so many so many amazing moments watching basketball and the wrestling. I got really into the wrestling when I was there, and um, just um, yeah, just just it is. It's a, it's a connection, as you say. When I when I saw you a couple of years ago down in Melbourne, when the Oklahoma State women's basketball team were in town, and that was um, it was just. Great to catch up with other people who sort of understand, I guess, what that connection's all about. So it was, it was pretty cool. But mate, I, I, I was curious. Mentioned at the start, you're a Texas boy, and and anyone who lives in Texas and Oklahoma, uh, they're you know for those listening in Australia, they're, they're bordering states. They kind of hate each other a little bit, like um, maybe in Australia, Queensland and New South Wales don't particularly like each other in terms of, of rugby league, state of origin, things like that. Um, it's a little bit the same, but but on steroids over there with so many people. So how did a boy from um, Texas uh, in the suburbs of Dallas, I think, wasn't it, right? How did you end up at Oklahoma State? Um, yeah, well, my brother actually played basketball there. So um, I had our two older brothers, and one of them, uh, the oldest one, went to Oklahoma State and studied business. And his last year, he walked onto the basketball team, so they had a tryout and did really well. And then they asked him if he'd start traveling with them and everything else. So... I always kind of had affiliation kind of going up to see him and obviously he had mates there friends there whatever it was so whenever i was looking at kind of universities it was just kind of an easy fit like i just kind of knew the area i'd been there before and um, i had friends that would help yeah. me out you know whether it be intramural sports getting into that like i had plenty of teams to jump into um and it just kind of felt like it fit well and not like the whole reason i was like the, what i wanted to study was mechanical engineering and oklahoma state's mechanical engineering school is pretty good and holds itself um so it wasn't like there was like there's other places I could have gone, but it was probably the right distance away from home where I didn't feel like I needed to be back every weekend. I still had a kind of a bit of a distance from mom and dad or it was and kind of could be yeah. independent and grow up. Uh, but also if something serious happened, I could still make it back for a weekend or wherever it was. And yeah, the engineering side, obviously the education part of it um, led me to go to that university. But I think one of the things that I always kind of felt that connection because my brother was there and he was fortunate enough to kind of play sport there. and. 
uh, get to have this amazing experience of being on television and everything else. And um, that probably gave me a bit of a, a push towards Oklahoma State as a um, university to go to besides some of the in-state tuition ones of, you know, Texas A&M and University of Texas or um, all the ones around the area. So that was kind of the, the thought process behind why I landed there. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of it was just a connection my brother had there that kind of got passed down um, to me. Yeah, that's great. But I've I got to say, because just I think it, I'm just enjoying talking about <laughs> college days, but I, my, my very first night, like I, actually I shouldn't say it was my second night, I arrived on, at college, picked up from the airport, taken to one midnight. So I didn't really see that night. The next day was a blur, signing my name about 50 times and meeting people and didn't know what was happening. And then that night was Bedlam basketball. So that's Oklahoma University versus Oklahoma State. Uh, the big in-state rival, packed house, um, triple overtime uh, victory for the for the Cowboys. Unbelievable. Um, so this is back in 97. Okay. 97, mate. So uh, yeah, it's a bit before your time, <laughs> you young fella. Um, but, um, yeah, and I just didn't know what the heck's going on with people doing OSU. And I'm going, what is this? And everyone knows it but me. And um, we... Stormed the court, and then the next day it was sort of my first proper day of classes, and um, all the guys, or all the guys on the, in that, you know, it was on ESPN, and they're all just walking around in my classes with me. It's just like this is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, that was I just had to share that, mate. Do, do you sort of do you remember any of your first moments on at college? Well, um, geez, some of my first moments, like I, I lived in a dorm, like I was in a single like i mean to look back now and say the way i used to live is pretty phenomenal like i was living in essentially maybe three meters by two meters wide and it was two of us sharing that room yeah. <clears throat> i slept in a single bed and shared bathroom shared showers like and shared a little common room and it was i think it was uh, in kerr drummond so I was, it's torn down nowadays but there's this old building and I essentially just chunked you know there's 80 kids per floor and there's like 12 floors yeah and, um that was kind of the reason I got into basketball actually oddly enough was they everyone around like it was kind of like our our floor is quite sporty so we just hear someone bouncing a basketball going to the local rec center at the Colburn and by bouncing a basketball around you just wait for 10 minutes you have like 10 guys together to go down there and you play 5v5 and it was like just what bonded us as a group so yeah where basketball actually started but that was probably my first experience was like I was just just this broke college kid that was eating five cent ramen noodles, you know, because that was all I could afford to be able to get by to be able to afford the next meal for, to put towards education, you know, all the money was going towards that. So yeah, um, that was kind of the way I lived, which is kind of just how a lot of people are. Um, a lot of people take out massive loans to be able to get education in the US and hopefully by the time they get graduate, they can start paying it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that, was, that was one of my first experience, I think. And then that was kind of one of the things that I, I believe it really got me to to get different friends and everything else was getting involved in sport um not from the basketball team side of things yet it was just from essentially going to the rec center playing basketball for fun and then playing intramurals whether it be gridiron whether it be basketball they had inner tube water polo i think they had soccer they had all these other things you know you could be a part of yeah that's kind of how i met my friends while i was in university it was just through you know the thing of sport that connects everyone i think so that was probably my first year it was really the thing that stood out to me the most yeah that's interesting because my, my experience is really different because i was there to play tennis i literally got off the plane had that first you know that basketball experience and then we were training for the first time the next day i think i played my mat, first match three days later so i never played flag football or i only went to the colvin center to go to the gym i, I didn't do i mean i did nothing but tennis for four years but i mean i 
we played cricket with a lot of the Indian and Pakistani sort of students who love their cricket and uh, outside of that it was sort of all tennis for me so that's that's interesting but mate like you mentioned before a lot of people who maybe skim over your story probably just assume I guess given your height as well um, and they, they, they research that you played basketball at Oklahoma State probably make an assumption that's why you went there but you were a soccer player as a kid and then, as you say, you sort of accidentally got into basketball, right? How, so how did the basketball sort of opportunity really take shape? Yeah, well, I played soccer at the highest level um, and traveled to tournaments around the world. Um, oh. I played in the biggest tournament in Gothenburg and played in Manchester and stuff like that. Wow. Then once I got to like 16, 17, um, I was kind of getting the universities looking at me, but it wasn't anything I wanted to go to because essentially if you're not picked up by 16 in a soccer sense, like you're not going to make money off it. So. I kind of made that realization early and just said, look, I'm just going to go the educational route. So my last year of high school, I can essentially just stop playing select soccer and just went into uh, the more educational side of things. And then I went to, to school. And like I said, the, the basketball stuff just kind of happened from a lot of it was just a lot of my friends around me played basketball. I started, I grew six inches in the summer in my junior year of high school. Wow. And then I grew another two inches in college. So I was tall, but I wasn't like freakishly tall until I got to university. And um, I was on coordinate and everything else as you do, kind of getting used to your body, whatever it is. And they um, essentially said, look, man, like come play with us. I know you don't know anything about basketball, but like, we'll just essentially, the more you play, the better you get, and then we'll see how we go. And no one else around there is as tall as you. You just had to rebound and get it to someone else. And that's essentially how my basketball career went. But um, yeah, so I just started playing because everyone else in my dorm on my level just played. And I think it was like two years into it. the women's team actually there's a gym for the women's team and she used to play basketball with her fun and you kind of make these friendships because they're they're playing at the local rec center and she asked me she said look man we've got this group of maybe five to ten guys um they help out the women's team so whoever they're playing that week so let's say they're playing baylor um we would run baylor's plays against them so they would know kind of what's going to happen beforehand so it's like kind of fresh and we'd change things up you know so then like they would kind of have it more of a game scenario kind of type thing yeah we're told to play 80 um, percent couldn't couldn't block anyone really couldn't jump like just essentially like look don't go crazy but yeah uh, we want you to essentially emulate these girls that they're gonna play on the week so we used to go in and we would get like a pair of shoes was like all we got you know if we're going in like once a week but we just enjoyed it we're like oh how cool is this we get to play yeah. this, you know like we get to play like with some people who are actually like can hit shots and like professional you know and like we get a pair of shoes out of this it's insane you know like that five cent ramen noodles every night like that was a big deal shoes i couldn't fathom that you know yeah uh, so yeah so that's that's kind of how i got into it and then the women's team did that for about a year and a half uh tragically had the bud keys um Cerna kind of um plane crash which was a massive kind of blow and then whenever yeah. that happened um one of the men's team um guys saw us training and said look like we need another big and uh, would you be interested and shot me a call and stuff off me a message and i couldn't believe it it was like kind of crazy and then literally, I think he like, called me at 10 a.m. By 12 o'clock, I was training that day. Amazing. Um, I had no idea. Like, I was mates with and friends with all the guys on the basketball team because we used to go drinking on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I rocked up, and I had a bit of a party house my second year. And I rocked up to training, and they're like, who's this guy who we go and party at his house on the weekend? Like, what is Mason doing here? Like, surely this guy's not playing basketball with us. He's playing <laughs> on the weekend. And, yeah, as you do in college. And, yeah, it was just kind of funny. And, like, we just all became – close friends and whatnot and then um i started playing for the men's team so started taking the private jets everywhere and 
and never really played for my first two years. Like, it was really just a bad guy, and um, such a just got rebounds and was more of a defensive player while they ran offensive plays. Yeah. And um, the last year, we had a few injuries and stuff, and then things got a bit more serious. And I was at times I was six man off the bench playing a top five team in the United States, and I'm like a guy who's just picked up a basketball essentially a year ago. So I could barely even know how to check in, much less put on my ankle braces and was thrown into big 12 games where it's like a winner go home kind of deal. And I'm like, oh, yeah, life's kind of throwing a bit of a curveball here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I made I, the, the similarities between that and coming into AFL, which we'll talk about obviously soon, that it's got to be pretty similar. I think that that had to have grounded you pretty well prepared, I reckon. It's almost like if you got too much time to think about, my gosh, we're playing against the top five team here. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll run the other way, right? It's a bit like walking down the MCG and saying, man, I've only just picked this up two years ago or whatever. Um, be the same sort of thing, hey? You just end up having a laugh. Like you can't really believe that your life's kind of made it this full circle around to have these experiences. And then, yeah, like I remember the first time I ever checked in, and like I sat there and I stood up in front of the check-in table. The guy to tell me to sit down because I didn't know to go on and eat. And like the first training session I ever had a basketball. I took about 15 minutes and then the guy, one of the trainers came down and said, you're all right. And I said, mate, I've got no idea how to put on an ankle brace. This thing goes up, down, all around. I had no idea how to strap it up. And he had to put it on for me. And I had no idea. I never played basketball at a serious level like that. So, um, yeah, and that was just kind of the experiences you have. You just kind of sink or swim. You learn as you go and you just kind of essentially grow as, as a person, as a player, you know, the more experiences you have. And then who knows where it'll land you. And that's kind of essentially been my athletic career since then. And I've just kind of essentially kept doing that and just put me in a decent stead, I guess, to, to be where I'm at now. Yeah. Story of your life, mate, so far. It's awesome. Um, that's great, mate. That's good insight. And, and um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, you would have been used to putting on shin pads for, for, for soccer. That's about it, mate. Not, but none of that, not those crazy laces. <laughs> so I've got one shin guard, which is a bit of normality, I guess, from back in the soccer days. Yeah, that's it. Mate, um, before we move on from um, Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, what do you miss most about college, mate? Is it, is it uh, if you're anything like me, miss the country music, the live country music. I, I, you know, I hated country music before I went to college. Love it. Loved it. Um, I miss the Joe's Burgers with uh, chili cheese fries, um, the Wormy Dog Saloon, all the sport, all the amazing people. But what, what's the main thing for you, mate, you reckon? Um, yeah, I think that, like... It's tough to describe like a college experience to an Australian. Like, and I'm sure you would have tried to do this a million times, but yeah. like the experience of going to a place for four to five years to, in that kind of time frame in your life, you're really trying to figure out who you are and what you want to do and uh, what you value in life. Um, for those four to five years, like, I think it's such a massive transformation. Like, I was not, if you look at me at 18 years old and you look at me now, you wouldn't think I'm the same person. Even if I was 24 years old compared to where I'm at now, you wouldn't think I'm the same person. It's this amazing kind of experience where everyone's going through the same thing and kind of bouncing off each other and learning different things. Like some people might have grown up really religious and you meet people who are not religious, you know, and then you, you kind of get this exposure to all these different things that you probably wouldn't have had growing up. And everyone's doing it together. And it's all this kind of like, and there's no parental supervision. So you kind of just like making up as you go. And everyone's just essentially gelled together by this university, going to classes, trying to get this degree and everyone's working hard. But the experience, I think, of just growing as a person is something that's just so hard to really grasp unless you go do it yeah it's phenomenal like i talk to people here and i say look they're like well you live alone man like are you all right i'm like yes i'm okay like i lived on my own whenever i was you know in university i had roommates wherever it was like i paid my own bills like i was essentially at 18 trying to sort out life from 
you know, being able to get my own job, being able to figure out how to pay a water bill and like figure out your taxes and all this other stuff that you don't yeah. really get told in school. And it's like, you just kind of grow so much within that four years and you, you bounce off everyone else because everyone else is doing the same thing. Yeah. So you have this magical four to five years where it grows so much as a person that you kind of realize what you actually value in life. And I think a lot of people here, like they might live at home till they're 25, finish university, whatever it is, and they don't move away to actually go to university or anything like that. And not say there's anything wrong with it, but I just think whenever you actually have to move your life from one place to another and meet new friends, meet new people and learn how to interact with people on that kind of basis, you grow as a human so much quicker than whenever you're still in the thing that you're comfortable in. Like I think going to university is, I mean, you would have been the same if you landed there. It would have been very uncomfortable because you wouldn't have known anyone. You were just going, all right, sweet, I'm here to play tennis. What's this basketball thing? What is bedlam? I have no idea what's going on. But you learn, you learn, you realize that's what's connecting everyone. You realize all these things that is making you a better person. And it's just, it's, it's not something you can, it's not tangible. You can't really explain what college is like. It's something you just have to go and experience. And I've got friends that have gone to Oklahoma State that are from Australia and they go back every year and they think it's, like, it's the greatest thing they've ever experienced. They go, man, I try to explain it to people, but it's just physically impossible. Like I can't tell them what it's like to go to Murphy's and go out for a drink every single weekend and meet the same people and not have to even not even have to text anyone you just know they're going to be there because that's where everyone goes and that's your place and i don't know there's so many things like that that i think you miss and obviously it's it's a once in a lifetime because you grow up you get from the 18 to that 22 whatever it is 21 and that part of your life's done then another group comes in and they do the same thing you know it's never the same people you'll never have that experience then so it's very fleeting at the same time this whole experience of college for this short period and you realize that like you get to the point where you're like well let's have the most fun I can have in this four years and learn as much as I can and just pick up as much as I, you know, essentially just take in as much as I can. And you grow, you learn. Um, and just, I feel like my life from whenever I started the university, I was very shy to him and didn't know what I want to do in life, anything like that to where I am now is such a different person because of the experience I had in university to open my eyes to a lot of different things in life and different opinions and different ways of going about life and different ways of being successful and what success means. Um, and I think college is one of those things that's really been able to to open my eyes to a lot of those things by having that experience for five years. Yeah, mate, that's extremely well said and put together. But you, you're right. It, it's in my job. It's very. It's the hardest part of my job is actually trying to explain people what it's going to be like. You, I said, and you sort of touched on. It, you got to go. You got to do it. And we often talk to parents who naturally. And I'm a parent now. Um, I got a boy who plays baseball. He thinks he wants to go for baseball one day. Um, but um, you know, we took him to Oklahoma State a couple of years ago and he's just in love with the place. But um, you, you sort of talk to parents and they say, oh, look, uh, I'm not sure about him being able to cope in a dorm, you know, uh, washing for himself, cleaning. I do everything for him. And and I, I say to them, that's a reason to go, you know, because you, you're going to go figure that out. And, and if you, you're going to sink or swim, as you say, and, and everyone swims because as you say, you got like-minded people around, everyone's in the same boat. Um, and and what a lot of Australian people don't understand is that Americans all leave home to go to college. There's no commuting. Yes, some of them might be only half an hour, an hour away, but it's still away. They're living on campus or just off campus. And it, that I think that is the biggest thing and um, biggest difference between uni there and here um, is just that, yeah, yeah, everyone's in the same boat. It's a community, as you say, you know, 
where all your mates are going to be at about 6 p.m. on Saturday night, uh, <laughs> um, unless, of course, you've got a match the next day. But, um, but. <laughs> so um yeah but you know it's just yeah it's it is a very very special place and look is it a bucket list destination for a tourist absolutely not but for someone who's been there and that's been part of their life like me i, I yeah i get emotional every time i go back because it's just like oh this was yeah i just you know you want to do it all again you know um and you go back as an old bald man instead but it's um it still brings back ridiculously good <laughs> memories so um, but yeah, no, mate, that's, it's been great to go down memory lane with the old, uh, with Stillwater, mate. So we'll move on. Um, mate, you graduated with the engineering degree, right? And um, it, it's what happens next, what probably intrigues people and in, in the Australian people sort of know what happened next. But um, there are not too many Sharon footballs doing the rounds in Stillwater, Oklahoma, except for in our house, I think. Like, well, I live with four Aussies on the tennis team. I think we're the only Sharon football in, in Oklahoma, I dare say. But um, so how does a Texan from graduated from Oklahoma State University discover this sport of Australian rules football? How'd that come about, mate? Um, well, I'll try to keep it short because there's a lot to it. But yeah. um, so we played our last, so I played my fifth year and we played in March Madness, lost in Gonzaga the round one. Yep. You guys, uh, we had LeBron Nash and Mike Collins was one of them, Markel Brown. And Marcus Smart was probably the biggest one that came out of it. Yeah. Uh, quite a few guys are, you know, touted as maybe getting drafted in the NBA. Um, and there was a guy that the AFL essentially hired out named John the Giovanni and he ran a thing called NBA Draft Express. And that was kind of essentially they looked at all these NBA talents and he wrote such a bio on them, looked at all their stats, kind of they used that, I guess, as recruiting for who's going to be the top picks in the, in the NBA draft. So he watched a lot of NBA or well, sorry, NCAA and the AFL got in contact with them and said, look, well, like if you find someone, you watch those games, you find someone who's not going to go to the NBA but might go overseas or is athletically gifted enough to be able to play basketball or play a sport beyond um, university, let us know and we'll look them up. And in that game, my story kind of got told of how I never played basketball and picked it up. And essentially in three years, you know, or sorry, in a year, I was playing into a tournament and the craziness of that and the story that was that. And from that, this guy kind of kind of heard about it and said, look, I think this guy Mason like might be one to put into the, the pot of people that will put to this U.S. combine in Los Angeles. And I finished up in CLA and um, had about a month or two left. And I'd already essentially told I already got a job at ExxonMobil. And so I had a job down in Houston at their headquarters, a uh, really well-paying job. Yeah. With that. And essentially I'd already booked all my stuff to move it down there, everything. And Scott, uh, Mike tells me, who's the media guy up there at Oklahoma State, says, look, can you come into the office? I've just got something I want to run by you. And I was like, I was done with athletics, you know, at Oklahoma yeah. State. So I was like, what, what could it possibly be? No one wants a signed jersey from me. And yeah. Yeah, he came and said, look, man, I've got this email uh, from this guy. He wants you to come to L.A. to experience this thing called AFL. And um, I had no idea what it was. I kind of thought it was Arena Football League at first. Uh, I thought maybe it was like a basketball league in you know, Eastern Europe, whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, we Googled it, looked it up, um, and essentially we like, found it on YouTube. And it was like Australia's biggest hits, you know, AFL's biggest hits. And people were just getting knocked out. Nick Rewalt going back to the flight. Yeah. All that and um, I was like, oh, this looks pretty fun. Like, essentially, there's no rules. You just go belt people. <laughs> Can't be that bad. Um, and I, like with my soccer background, that kind of put me in good stead to kind of be a mix. A lot of people that play basketball kind of get transferred over, but playing soccer and basketball allowed 
the hand-eye coordination and then also like hand-to-foot coordination. So those two were kind of the ones that picked him the most. And they're like, well, if he can essentially get athletically like endurance, because obviously it's all kind of sprint work in basketball. So if he can get endurance into him, he'll probably have the skill set to be able to, to hold, hold his own. So um, guy messaged me. I think we actually messaged on Facebook Messenger, to be honest. Um, and he's like, look, man, I've got this combine in Los Angeles. Uh, I told him, I was like, I already have a job. And he's like, man, like, just come out, do the combine. If nothing works, like, it's fine. You just do whatever. And, like, no one will know about it. So I was like, how much do I have to pay for? He's like, no, nah, all expenses paid. So it's like, as a broke college kid, you're like, all expenses paid trip to LA. Not going to say no. <laughs> I've never been to Los Angeles before. Um, and just showed up and did, like, the 3K time trial, did a few jumps, did a few sprints, um, and then did really well. And, like, I kind of thought, like, I never was the most athletic guy on our team. But with the endurance side of things, like these guys didn't go through the same kind of training growing up while I played soccer. They all played basketball. Yeah. Most guys were at this combine all played basketball. So my endurance side of things was actually way ahead of everyone else that was there. So then they're like, oh, well, this guy's the tallest guy that will ever play AFL if we get him to play AFL. And he can play multiple positions, rock forward. And he's actually not as um, athletically far behind everyone else that we thought he'd be. So we did all that. And then like by the end of it, the guy goes, look, what are you doing tonight? I said, man, I'm going to one of my friend's places, we're going to have a beer, and then I'll head back to university and finish university. I had like two or three weeks left at uni left. And he goes, now come back with us to Melbourne. And like, God, if you showed me Australia on a map, could not tell you where Melbourne was. Couldn't tell you, like, Sydney was the only thing. And even then, like, geographically, couldn't really tell you. <laughs> and I had no idea. Like, I didn't expect anything to come of this. It was essentially just a free trip to LA to go see a friend. I just had to do some running for the weekend. And... I was kind of blown away and I didn't really know how to react. And then I said, look, I've got two weeks left at university. Like I've got my finals and everything else. Let me go finish that. And then I'll look into this. So for those two weeks, my brother became my agent, started talking to the AFL, started talking to four to five different clubs and I'm taking calls at like 3 a.m. in the morning and yeah. put this schedule together for two weeks um, for us to go to um, Melbourne and Adelaide was another place we went to and essentially experienced what AFL was. And Originally, it was just going to be me. So I said, it's only fair if my agent comes with me. So no one gets with me too. So not only did I get a free trip to Los Angeles, so I got a free trip to Melbourne, Australia for two weeks. So uh, I finished my degree. That was that. I spent those two weeks doing that. And then I essentially said, look, I'm going to go out to Australia. There might be a bit of media. I had to call back on mobile and tell them the situation I was in. And they were really understanding. Like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's not going to come around every 40 years old. Yeah, uh, he doesn't expire. He can always go back to a desk job. It's kind of what they always said and what my brother said. So, <clears throat> so we flew over to Australia, didn't know anything about it, um, and went to go see five different clubs, um, got contracts from a few of them, and chose Collingwood out of it. And there's a lot of stories within that. But, um, like I said, we were very, like, we were blown away to be on television in the US. And, like, we weren't, like, we'd be just in the background. We, like, we're crazy to think that our stat sheet was, like, we're on the stat sheet for ESPN.com, you know? <laughs> and we got up to this place, Melbourne, and we rock up the first night at the Nova Hotel, I think it was, in the city. And on the back page was, like, a big picture of me. And I was like, this is insane. And we went down to the 7-Eleven and bought about 15 of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we brought those back to our family because we were just in, just shocked that, like, these people cared who I was, you know? It's like, dude, like, I've never barely even touched a football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How this is, you know, like, the next big thing, wherever it is. And, um, yeah, so we got to experience that. And then, like, essentially, I went to Europe. So I came back to America. And within the 24 hours, talked to the family. said, look, I'm going to ditch my career, essentially, like, engineering career. I'm going to say no to the guy at ExxonMobil. And then um, I'm going to go play AFL. And um, that whole trip was essentially to prove to us that it's, like, a proper actual – 
like something sustainable and you can actually be there for more than you know two three years i always kind of thought it was eastern european basketball league that might fold if a person's company goes bankrupt and then he's the one sponsoring the league so then the league just simply folds and you're stuck in estonia or something like that and can't yeah. get out. um that's what i thought afl was originally yeah <laughs> obviously it's not but we had this amazing experience and got back and i went to europe for two months and just did a euro trip by myself and then uh, came back and essentially spent two months trying to learn what AFL was and learning the rules, learning kicking, handballing, um, goal kicking, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I literally never picked up an AFL football essentially and just started from the very basics. And like the, the basketball thing, man, was essentially just sink or swim. So a year and a half into it, we'll probably get into this. But um, yeah, my career has had some amazing ups and downs and all around since then. But um, to start from essentially not ever hearing of a sport and be able to have those experiences that I've had. Um, something I'm quite proud of myself, um, but also it's just kind of such a unique story that I think is a feel-good story for a lot of people to to um, to enjoy. Like, it's not just about me, it's about the people that get joy from what I do also. And yeah. uh, whether it be Collingwood supporters or someone else, I get a lot of people that come up to me and go, man, I hate Collingwood with every ounce of my blood, but I love <laughs> you, man. And like, I love what you're about and um, keep doing what you're doing, you know? So, I think it's just those people are kind of put it into perspective. If it's bigger than just a club, you know, it's this kid who comes over and never heard of AFL and had no, you know, I guess lean leniency to one or the other, and just is experiencing this part of life and going, you know, around around the globe and um, getting to see our game. That's not yeah. really us and bringing exposure to it and everything else that um, people really enjoy and kind of get a bit of um, something different, you know, out of. So I'm very. <laughs> more speak in the way I kind of have an opinion about things so I think people enjoy someone who's not or that's pretty willing to go against the status quo yeah exactly there's, there's a lot of cliches out there isn't there and, um, you know, little, little player speak coach speak it's good to have good to have something different you're right mate and just be yourself right? <laughs> call it how you see it it's good mm. so but, that's kind of how but there's a lot more stories in between it and some mate, games and stuff I've played in and everything else has been pretty cool along the way Mate, we'll have to do another podcast if you're up for it at some stage down the track. Mate, we can talk about talk about some more of it. But um, mindful of your time too, mate. So look, I want to want to press forward and talk about that next phase of, of what you're doing now. I guess in, in Collingwood. But I've got to say, just really quickly, I'd mentioned the start. We got something else in common. Oh, uh, yes. You're, you're you're now playing in my homeland for the for the Maggies. Yeah the pies and um but i actually played a game for the dallas magpies in your home country oh, there you go right, yeah. they used to pick all the bills yeah in the afl yeah they had a little afl competition there and um, and um, black and white as well they've actually i think they had an alliance with collingwood at the time um but i don't know i'm not sure what happened anyway they've changed their name to the dallas dingoes now <laughs> so uh so, so there you go mate we started too so um there's a few teams in there. Every year I go back for the USAFL Nationals, and that's my, me yep. and my family's family reunion. Because both my brothers play in the AFL in the US, and my brother plays for Austin Crows, and the other one plays for Seattle Grizzlies. So they're very there much on the US. So it's kind of cool. The whole family's kind of now invested in this together, and that's our one time of the year that we all kind of come together is whenever they have USAFL Nationals, which is aligned around the same time that I finish up season. So. I'll end up going, I remember in 2018, we played the grand final and I think it was a week later, I was running water for my brothers in their games in the USAFL in like Sarasota in Florida. <laughs> it was just like this ridiculous, like 
almost fall from grace. No offense, but it's almost like a fall from grace going from a hundred thousand to just being a water boy for a million dollars. It's been an amazing experience, man. Like, and if someone's watching this from the US, I encourage them to get involved in the USAFL because it's a very, very good, uh, very well run program. It's um, there's a lot of friends I've got into it that have really met some uh, some amazing people through it. Yeah, no, it's awesome, and I think as you say, it's. It's humbling, I'd imagine, for you going back and going from those massive MCG crowds to, to carrying the water for <laughs> for, your, for your brother's team, or whatever. But it's um, but there you go, mate. Like I just wanted to share that one. We both we both played for the Pies. Uh, we both played played for the Cowboys. So there you go. There can't be too many people that have that in common. Nah, I, I reckon. Go to Oklahoma State. I reckon we're the only two. Exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Um, so, mate, yeah, let's let's fast forward to your arrival in Australia. Very quick um, little soundbite. I won't play the whole thing, mate, but tell me what this song means to you. Yeah, so that's the same same thing as Oklahoma State, but just for Collingwood, really. It's the theme song for the club. So that's um, something I think over the years, like you sing the song, obviously, arm in arm with your boys and the people you go into battle with and everything else, and that's almost a relief from um, from the game that you just had to put your body through. And, um, yeah, it's it's something I think that I'll always be attached to. I always have a special place for myself, like obviously starting my career here and not really knowing anything about it. Uh, to be able to sing that song after games is always kind of one of those things I always aspire to, to do. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, like I've met so many amazing people through this experience in Australia, and a lot of it is due to the fact that Collingwood's looked after me and um, have put the right people around me, I think, whenever I needed that. And, um, yeah, that kind of song kind of, I guess, summarizes the whole club up. And um, side by side's the uh, the motto, as they say. Um, and... Yeah, a lot of people, I think, through the years have really kind of stuck their arm out for me whenever I've probably had tough times here and there whenever it comes to it. And um, that's kind of, I guess, the motto of the club is, you know, everyone's in it together, not just one person's isolated. So it's been uh, really cool for me to be able to have those amazing people that have shared that Australian culture and the way of life with me throughout this kind of experience. Yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. I think... um... As you, as you said before, not everyone uh, follows Collingwood. Um, everyone's got their own team, but I think, yeah, I mean, your, your story and what Collingwood's done for you, I think, you know, you can't question how good that's been um, for every for both parties. It's been a win-win. Um, I think that's an amazing thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, mate, you'll have, when you, you're older like I am, mate, and you look back on your, your career and, and things, you, you'll sort of have the same feelings towards Collingwood as you do to that, you know, the Oklahoma State song, you know, like it, you'll always be um, tied to it in, in some way and welcome back, I'm, 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 I'm sure. So, uh, but anyway, I'm talking like I'm getting ahead of myself there, mate. You've, um, you've got plenty of years left, I think. So that's, um, look forward to seeing how it all goes. But, mate, just to, just um, a few questions, um, I guess, about being a footy player really and I think you know there's a lot of people out listening watching this that can probably only dream of what you've already been able to achieve in the AFL I mean um, it's just, so I got I guess the questions that I'm going to I want to ask you now you can spend as little or as long answering them but um, I just want to ask sort of uh, questions that the average Joe would want to ask uh, someone in your position so particularly as an American athlete thriving in Australia um, Mate, I, I did have a highlights video of you that I've, I've, I've researched, but I might have to do that for another time. But um, uh, 
um, and when I'm promoting this little podcast, I think we'll play it. But um, some of the, the the first thing that comes up is you taking a mark, kicking a goal on Anzac Day um, at the G, mate. What's that like standing on the MCG um, in front of a hundred thousand supporters for that national anthem, and, and then on, on Grand Final Day, um, as well as you know for the last post on Anzac Day and, and kicking a goal? I, I, I can't imagine how that'd feel. <laughs> it chills. Um chills at the moment just talking about it but the um the first time i ever played a game was anzac day and the, the crazy thing about that was it's kind of funny not to be disrespectful to the anthem or anything but it was kind of this moment where i was obviously amped up really nervous and everything else and we got there and you're facing us and players and the last post happens you know and they do the the moment of silence and then the, they do the um, the anthem and yeah the anthem starts playing and like, i was so nervous shaking and then the anthem starts playing i look at myself i look around I do this 360 and i go Holy smokes, man. Like, you don't know a single word to this thing. You're playing this sport in the middle of nowhere that, like, you've never heard of. And there's this many people here to watch the game. And it's just like, look how crazy life is, you know, taking you. Like, it's just like, what a roller coaster it's been. I think that kind of calmed me down a bit before the game. I was having a bit of a laugh about the um, the whole kind of national anthem that I didn't know. Um, it wasn't to be disrespectful by any means, but I just was just nah. like, to the country. So I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that kind of, Took the edge off a bit, which was good. Yeah, I've obviously experienced quite a few Anzac Day since, and nothing will ever probably live up to that one. I think um, it was quite an emotional one. I think first kick, first goal. Um, obviously, being the first American uh, to play an Anzac Day, Jason Holmes was the first American to play AFL the year before. Um, so a bit of a kind of I guess, uh, momentum with the whole kind of experience of being an American in Australia, and. Yeah, that was a massive game to be able to play in front of them. I think we we beat them by a fair amount, but it's kind of a um, yeah, an experience of like I'm here now. Um, this isn't just a you know just an image that the AFL is trying to look good and trying to make something in the US. Like I'm actually here to play. So like that was a massive thing in my career. Um, the grand final, obviously lose by kick, very close to um, to having a gold medal around my neck. But um, you learn a lot from those moments, I think. Um, you learn a lot about yourself, learn a lot about the people around you and how important they are. Um, you learn a lot about regret and everything else. And yeah, it's that was obviously not one of the most amazing experiences to have to lose by that. But I think looking back or far out, or could you imagine in four years' time before that, you never touched a footy and then you're playing a grand final and get to experience a grand final parade and, and playing the biggest game and playing one of the you know closest grand finals to ever be. Um, yeah. How fortunate are you to be able to be in that position? I think was like kind of the way I look at it now. So uh, obviously it's frustrating to look back on it, but at the same time, like I think it's amazing to be able to say I've had that life experience that a lot of people would, you know, give a left arm for or whatever to be able to go and do, and to have that under my belt and to be able to know what it feels like to be on that day um, is something that no one can really take away from me. So I think that's something that's always been kind of something I've been pretty proud of, even though it hasn't gone my way. Um, something that I always kind of strive to get back to that always kind of is that care in front of you that you always try to get back to and, and be successful at. Yeah, that's it. I think uh, the great Lee Matthews once said um, that you've got to be willing to risk everything, which is ultimately losing, to, to um, have that feeling of being there and, and have a chance to win. Having that chance to win is what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, mate, like, I'm sorry to bring that up. <laughs> but... but <laughs> Yeah, but your attitude's perfect, mate. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. I think it, it's better to um, have been in it and lost than not to be in it at all, that's for sure. So, 
uh, and mate hopefully more to come um, just as long as you don't beat my boys at Hawthorne but um, but um, but hopefully mate I really do uh, wish you well with that but mate just quickly <clears throat> got to, can't let you go without talking about Joe Biden I mean obviously three or four years ago he came out to to see what this well not just to see what AFL is all about but while he's in Melbourne um, you got to chaperone him I guess and talk through the the the, uh, the rules and the game and now obviously uh, we know what's happened with Joe and, and he's a new president that's you pinch yourself with that um, experience I'd imagine as well and he sounds sounds like from what I can understand was a really really nice bloke and, and nice guy to talk to yeah, he was a good fella. He was a character, to say the least. Him and his family came up, and we got to show him what AFL was and the experience of that. And um, yeah, it was cool. Like, I mean, I couldn't picture meeting the vice president of the United States, who's now president-elect, um, ever in my life. Like, that's kind of crazy. And the whole kind of spiel of the Secret Service and everything behind uh, everything that goes into him essentially going and doing an appearance somewhere was pretty cool in itself too. So. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock and amazing. And like my mom's got a voicemail from him, which is pretty cool. And every uh, called her up, so she's always kind of kept that dear. And um, yeah, it's, it was it was amazing. It's one of those many things I talk about looking back on the last six years that I've experienced. Um, that was definitely one of the highlights. And um, yeah, he was a good fellow. He's just one of those people that um, you look at him, you're like, he's he's meant for a politician's job, you know? Like he's just really good at it, and he can work a room. He knows how to talk to people. Like he's very personable and everything else. And um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Like I think the U.S. consulate obviously got me involved, which was amazing, and um, very grateful for them to kind of put my name into the hat and um, for me to get picked and the club to allow me to go because I actually missed a um, BFL game for that. So, um, a once in a lifetime experience. Can't say no to those kind of things. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. But he was yeah he was an absolute legend, and um, it's great to see him kind of I guess get the nomination and win the thing. And um, yeah, we'll see how he goes over the next four years. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. He's um, you know has a hasn't not not an easy start for him at the moment with the way the world is but um you know he's um yeah he's uh he's a popular popular guy certainly from what i can gather and from my friends over in america so mate what a great experience and just add it to the list right and of the the spin me out moments that you've had over the last few years <laughs> um but um mate um another quick one just a few fast questions now to, to finish off mate before we wrap things up and let you go but uh, Michael Jordan documentary. I'd be flabbergasted, mate, if you haven't seen that. I'm assuming yeah. you've seen that. Um, yeah. Pretty you could nice. just cool kind of put everything else together to be able to to see the behind the scenes of how it all kind of happened and have some of the most influential people in NBA kind of come together for that. I'd love it. Love it if they did it with just some other athletes like Tiger Woods and things like that. Something similar. I'd love to see it. But um, they've set the standard pretty high now with that documentary. But mate, I was just going to ask you what if you were to name putting you on the spot here big time but if there's sort of someone who's come into your life through through i guess through collingwood whether it's a player or a coach or maybe not even at collingwood that you think that possess some of those jordan-like qualities um it's a tough one right i'll put you on the spot you can come back to that one if you want um yeah i mean everyone's gonna say the scott pendabries of, of the world but um i have met tiger woods also so that was pretty cool um he was definitely up there like michael um, just from his inability to be able to go anywhere without people saying something um wouldn't be able to leave the house but um i don't think from an afl's perspective you can really compare anyone um, it's a totally different experience of being a worldwide icon rather than just an australian icon um he was um in his era was the man from anywhere you could go you could recognize like you'd be silly not to be able to know what michael jordan who that was 
Um, and I don't think there's really been someone who's been able to be comparable. You talk about the Tom Brady's and stuff from a success standpoint, yes, but from an exposure internationally, I don't reckon you is. So uh, basketball is an international sport, and he was able to put that on the map um, from the NBA side of things. And I think he's the reason for a lot of the success they're having nowadays. And yeah, it's it's tough to compare anyone to him to be honest. Um, obviously, it's a different day and age where he's not as in social media and everything else. But he was able to make such a career out of him just playing one sport and doing one thing that was quite quite impressive to be honest. Um, and to credit to him and his people he's putting around him to to get him where he's at. And um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing kind of story to be able to tell from Netflix side and, and his side and everyone else that's been around him. Yeah, absolutely. Now nah, let's the mark with me I was just how competitive that guy was so yeah. um mate um toughest direct opponent um so I'll just go to run here in a sec bros because I'll write this thing at 4 30 but oh yeah um, yep Harry Taylor Harry Taylor's one of the toughest um him or um yeah I'll go Harry Taylor he's a great fella a legend of a person and um always enjoy having a chat with him but congrats on retirement if he's watching <laughs> oh good yeah last question mate I'll let you go um from where we sit and what we do, uh, we look at you, mate, um, as someone who's gone out of your comfort zone and um, you know taken some risks. You know, obviously go to Oklahoma from Texas now to Australia. We've talked about it. Just quickly for our student athletes leaving their home country, mate, um, it can be daunting. Can you just provide a quick advice on the mindset they need to pursue this pathway to go to college and, and um, how they can maximise their four years? Just um, short and sweet. Am I? Am I- you know, 29 years of living. Um, life's all about taking risks and the experiences you either learn from it. Um, no matter what you do, you're going to be a better person, I think, for it, whether you, you know, you fail and you learn from it and you move on or you succeed in what you, you risk. So um, I know it's quite daunting to move half the world away because I've done it. Um, and I know it's kind of a tough thing for a parent to be able to tell their kid to go half the world away to get an education and then hopefully come back and and be a good person that's been looked after by people they probably don't know so well. But um, I think if you instill the right things in your kids while they're growing up, they'll be they'll be fine. Um, in all honesty, it's an amazing experience. They'll never regret um, some of those four to five years are the best years of my life. Um, and they kind of set me up to be the person I am today. So um, my biggest advice is just do it. I know you're going to sit there and go through the paperwork and say this or that. Um, you'll, you'll think of a million excuses to get out of it. But um, at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be out of your comfort zone but yeah i think the best learning comes from whenever you're out of your comfort zone to know the kind of person you are and um, and what you value and everything else in life so i think that's um probably my advice is um take the risks um you know this life's pretty boring if you don't take risks in life and um you'll learn from them along the way good bad or ugly so um yeah just make sure there's the right people around them whenever you go to university and uh, make sure there's the right educational system around them and the right uh, if they're going for athletic, athletics the right, right coaches and, uh, and staff around them at the same time to make sure they're successful in their, their education great mate a great way to finish and I know you got to go um, I'm sure listeners have been inspired by your story today mate really appreciate you coming on and um, maybe next time we can do another sort of an Oklahoma State alumni maybe we get Garth Brooks in and, and Ricky Fowler mate we can have a big group chat <laughs> would love to <laughs> It'd be pretty fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Pretty good. Mate, good luck for next season, mate, and um, have a good Christmas. And, yeah, once again, thanks a lot, mate, and, and um, look forward to tracking further progress. Easy, mate. Thanks for having me, brother. Good on you. See you, mate. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? 
Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.